leftovers. Or the DMV. Or house cleaning. Or Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Long ball is going to go for a touchdown. The game's over. Webster Slaughter. Hello Cleveland, welcome to another episode of the 1085 Gridiron Podcast. I am your host, Anthony Jokey. As always, I got my co-host, Jack McCurry, uh, riding alongside with me today. How are you doing today, Jack? Good, and I'm glad we're recording this after most of the major news uh, in the NFL and with the Browns has gone down, so we're able to talk about it at, before it happened, or after the fact, instead of having to wait after we're done recording if that makes any sense to our listeners <laughs> <laughs> yeah i know uh you know we went off the air uh the other day and of course the njoku news broke out about his wrist um so we released something on twitter a two-minute segment with you uh if you haven't seen that go check that out um but today we absolutely have a lot to discuss we have a ton of injuries uh, on the brown side of things to get through but Let's first start off with uh, the breaking news in the NFL, and that is that the New England Patriots cut wide receiver Antonio Brown. Uh, this is stemming from uh, text messages and, and other uh, means of uh, media that had been released over the last, you know, let's say, 48 hours or so. Um, Jack, this is twice now he's been cut within the last month. Uh, he got the trade out of Pittsburgh like he wanted. Things are not going right for Antonio, and uh, by all accounts and purposes, uh, I don't know what else more can he do to put himself into a worse situation. Yeah, I think right now, and I know I see a lot of people on Twitter saying, you know, where is he going to go next? I think right now Antonio Brown should just put his football career on hold and focus on getting his life in order his legal situations in order and just focus on that. Um, obviously, you know, he only lasted 11 days in new England and I don't think anybody expected him really to last the whole season. Um, as soon as he gets there, obviously the sexual assault allegations come out. Now the new stuff with sports illustrated where he was, uh, allegedly texting his, uh, accuser, um, you know, and all that stuff, harassing her and her family and whatnot, you know, just things are not going well for him right now. And I think he needs to get all that in order before he tries to, you know, sign with another football team. And uh, if I'm an NFL team right now, I just don't 
think you can take that chance and try to sign him, especially considering New England gave him all that money and now they have to take a, I think, $5.5 million cap hit this year and then a $4.5 million cap hit next year. Add in the fact that what the Raiders had to do by cutting him. So he's not worth the financial risk. He's not worth the, you know, all the attention that comes with him. But, you know, he just needs to get everything in order before he even considers football again. Yeah, uh, football should be the the last thing from his mind. Uh, It'll be curious to see if any team bites on uh, signing him um, for at any point this season. I would imagine that there's likely a suspension coming down uh, from the NFL at some point um, based on the, the different facts that have been put out there. Uh, about what's been going on with them. My question to you is, do the Browns even dare? Because they were interested in him before he signed with New England, but I would imagine that with everything that has come out and everything else that has gone on, there's no chance in hell, right? No way. And even Seattle was interested, and uh, it had just come up on Twitter. Somebody asked Pete Carroll, and he said, we're set right now. And I think they are I mean, when you look at it from a football aspect, they have Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf's coming on uh, early as a rookie. They they don't need him, and honestly, the Browns do not need to deal with him. Maybe, you know, two weeks ago, before all this went out, you know, the Browns obviously took a chance, and it would have been a good chance at the time, but now with all the new allegations and stuff going on, he is not worth the risk. Um, and hopefully Dorsey doesn't take that risk because as we've seen, he's taken some gambles with Antonio Callaway and Kareem Hunt. He doesn't need to take this major gamble by potentially bringing in Antonio Brown. Let's talk about someone else that they could bring in. Uh, Jalen Ramsey has requested a train uh, from the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, due to an issue with a uh, disagreement with the front office. Uh, Cleveland has been one of the teams that has been mentioned along uh, with Jalen Ramsey. Uh, can you see Dorsey uh, sacrificing multiple draft picks to bring in Jalen Ramsey into the fold here in Cleveland? I, I could see it. Um, I know some people are saying it doesn't make any sense. Some of our podcast colleagues, um, you know, just because we are practically set at corner with Denzel Ward and Greedy Williams. They're still young. You know, they're still learning. Um you know, Jalen Ramsey's one of the top corners in the game. There's no doubt about that. And, you know, obviously Dorsey is in talent acquisition mode anytime, all the time. And, you know, he's trying to make this football team better, trying to put them in Super Bowl contention. And, um, you know, if Ramsey would do that, he would put our defense over the top. There's no doubt about it. Having three potential shutdown corners and Ramsey ward and greedy that i mean that would be phenomenal to watch and it'd be interesting to see what wilkes would do with those three corners um do i think it's likely probably not it seems like the asking price from the jaguars is high but you know if there is a trade to be made you can bet that john dorsey is going to be involved at least until the very end what do you think the cost uh would be to acquire Jalen ramsey See, that's the thing. I think it was two first-round picks, I think, was the reported asking price. Uh, It wouldn't shock me if, you know, Jacksonville was like, well, we'll take a first-round pick, and then you could, and we want either Denzel or Greedy. And, you know, I don't know if I would do that personally. Um, 
I know some people are throwing out the idea that we trade Denzel Ward already. Do we really need to? I think, you know, Ward's had a tough start, but we've seen last year what he can do. You know, I think if he keeps working, he could get to that Jalen Ramsey level as being one of the top five corners in the game. I also personally wouldn't give up on Greedy yet because he's made strides already. And yeah, he might have some hiccups during this rookie season, but um, I still think he is very talented as well. So obviously Ramsey's better than both of them, but I would think at least two first round picks, maybe a first round pick and a player. But uh, yeah, the price is going to be high. And clearly, as you see the team's interested, uh, a lot of the contenders around the NFL are trying to get him. Not only the, the draft pick costs will be high, but also the salary cap space uh, will be high too because in a couple of years you're going to have to re-sign him and give him a new contract. And when you're looking at this Browns team uh, who has players that are gonna, going to need to get paid here uh, real soon, uh, i.e. Miles Garrett uh, and, and Baker Mayfield in a couple of years, uh, I don't know if there's room uh you know, for that, especially when you have Odell on a large contract, Jarvis Landry on a large contract. I don't know if there's room uh, to add uh, Jalen Ramsey on a large contract. Um, so it, it, that's the cost that you're going to have to weigh as well when uh, you're looking at to possibly acquiring uh, Jalen Ramsey. All right, as we move on to uh, the game this Sunday, uh, I mentioned that there are a handful of injuries and maybe a couple handfuls of injuries that we're going to discuss here. Uh, three starters for the Browns are out. Uh, Christian Kirksey, Demarius Randall, and David Njoku. Uh, Njoku broke his wrist, and they put him on IR today. Uh, he'll be eligible to come back in eight weeks. Uh, to fill his roster spot, they claimed uh, safety Justin Burris, uh, who was with the Browns for a short period last year uh, towards the end of the season, signed with Oakland. Uh, Oakland waived him earlier this week, so they got him back. Uh, uh, so he took that roster spot filled by Njoku. Um, Denzel Ward, Greedy Williams, Morgan Burnett, Richard Higgins, and Chris Hubbard are all questionable uh, for uh, the game on Sunday. Uh, they elevated Robert Jackson uh, from the practice squad. So, Jack, uh, obviously uh, we did not expect all these injuries uh, to come down at once, but uh, are we going to be able to field 11 guys on defense against uh, this very high-powered Rams offense coming into town on Sunday night? I think we'll be able to uh, fill out the starting lineups. It's just, and I think Jared Mueller, who's been on the show a few times for us, um, he said, he goes, I don't know if they're going to have 46 healthy players to fill out the active roster. There's just so many injuries, and the list kept growing as the week went on, and you have to feel concerned big time uh, that all these injuries are happening. Now, some of them aren't injuries. Obviously, Chris Smith is uh, still taking some time away to spend time with his family after the tragedy. Um, you know, we're hoping, you know, Higgins can come back. You know, we talked about Hubbard earlier this week being in the walking boot. We'll see if he can go. And, you know, you just hope that the corners are able to go because we're already missing Randall. And the fact that the other three starting uh, secondary guys, Ward, Williams, and Burnett, they're all banged up. Um, especially when you're going against such a high-powered offense like the Rams. Um, you want your guys at full strength, um, but we'll see how this all plays out. Clearly, you know, some of these guys, while they're questionable, they were also just limited in practice. They did some work. So I'm sure if it comes down to it, I think some of these guys will obviously play. Uh, who... Um... 
which starter uh, on the Browns, um, you know, the guys you talked about, Kirksey, Randall, Njoku, uh, Denzel Ward, Greedy Williams, Morgan Burnett, uh, Chris Hubbard, which of those guys would cause the biggest impact of them being out uh, this Sunday? Oh, I think it's definitely Ward and Williams being down. And I you say them both. I know you meant said one, but I think just both of those guys not being on the field. Uh, you're going against Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, Brandon Cooks, like arguably the best trio of wide receivers in, in football right now. Um, you know, they both, they all three of them bring such a dynamic to the passing attack for the Rams. Uh, if we don't have our starting corners, obviously we're going to be rolling out TJ Carey, uh, <clears throat> Terrence Mitchell. Uh, you know, obviously we've just brought up Robert Jackson. You know, that's not, I don't know if those guys are well, they're not equipped enough. Let's just face facts. They're not equipped to stop the Rams uh, powerhouse at wide receiver. So if Warden Williams can't go, both of them can't go, it's going to be, it's going to be bad on Sunday night, but hopefully at least one of them can play because Mitchell can step up and be a solid number two and it would fill the void somewhat against uh, the Rams receivers. Uh, on the, the silver lining part of that, um, you know, if the Browns pass rush, uh, which is very good, uh, can cause any kind of havoc on their offensive line and, and interrupt Jared Goff, uh, it could make uh, a bad secondary look average uh, based on how quick they can get to the quarterback. So hopefully um, those guys are not out, but if they are out, uh, the defensive line can't provide uh, enough pressure uh, to help those corners uh, out in certain situations by, by just getting to the quarterback faster and making Jared Goff get the ball out uh, quicker than he wanted to and hopefully being inaccurate with some some of his passes. Um, some of the injuries on, on the Rams side, they only have three. Uh, tight end Tyler Higby is out uh, on Sunday night. Uh, defensive tackle Aaron Donald and right guard Austin Blythe are questionable uh, for Sunday night. Obviously, uh, Aaron Donald is uh, uh, the notable name here, but talk about what Tyler Higbee brings to the Rams and what they're going to miss uh, from him on Sunday night. Yeah, with with Donald, first of all, uh, Sean McVay spoke to reporters like just before we recorded. He said that Donald's feeling good. Uh, you know, putting him on the injury report, he said, was essentially just semantics. So I would expect Aaron Donald to play. He'd probably be limited, though, especially with a back injury. Those tend to flare up at any time. Uh, but with Higby, you know, he's a solid all-around tight end. He's good as a receiver, good as a blocker. I think that's going to create some issues potentially along parts of the offensive line for the Rams, especially that right side. We talked about how Havenstein has struggled against some of the uh, top pass rushers. So if he can't rely on Higby, and obviously they have Gerald Everett, who's a decent tight end, but if Havenstein relies on Higby in the blocking, uh, that's going to be an issue, especially going up against guys like Miles Garrett and Olivier Vernon. So uh, I think Higby being out is going to cause some issues up front for the Rams. So hopefully – uh, the Browns' pass rush is ready to attack that. Well, and, and you could throw in uh, starting guard Austin Blythe in there too. So if uh, Hig, Hig, well, obviously Higby's out. So uh, if Blythe is not able to go, and then you have Hammenstein who's struggled, uh, like we talked about, I put out on Twitter uh, his three holding penalties. You can go check that out uh, that he's had so far this season. 
But if uh, Blythe is out, uh, Havenstein who struggled, and obviously having Higby out, there's a, a significant mismatch uh, for the Browns uh, to take advantage of in, in terms of putting their top pass rushers on that side. You know, maybe they'll flip uh, Miles Garrett over there. I know they did that in the first two weeks, flipping him to the other side and letting Vernon go up against the left tackle. Uh, both those guys are good enough to put them in either situation and they'll be able to rush the passer effectively. Um, you know, then you move on to the, the inside with Larry Ogunjobi and Sheldon Richardson. Which one uh, would you rather have go up against the guard? Um, so, you know, they do have, obviously we have a strong defensive line. I think that they could do different things schematically in, in order to um, get these guys where they need to be and, uh, in terms of you know lacking uh, members of the secondary, I would not be surprised if uh, most of the game you see the Browns only rush four and drop seven in coverage uh, in passing situations. Uh, allow the defensive line, uh, you know, maybe dropping one of those defensive ends into coverage and bringing a linebacker just to show different looks. Uh, but giving those guys the opportunity to maximize. Uh, the pass coverage based on the fact that you might be missing multiple people. Uh, obviously, they, they don't they don't have Randall right now, and they could be missing Ward and uh, Williams and Morgan Burnett. So if you don't have those guys in your secondary, they need to do everything schematically to uh, allow them to better cover the pass uh, against Jared Goff and his three really good wide receivers, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, and why am I blanking on the last guy? That's twice now I've done that. Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks. Thank you. Um, to be able to cover those three guys uh, in any kind of passing situation. Absolutely. And then you have to worry about Todd Gurley as well because we know he brings a uh, multifaceted um, outlook on his offensive game. He's known as the runner, but obviously he can come out of the backfield as well and cause some havoc in the passing game too. And, and that'll rely, be relied upon Joe Schobert and uh, Mac Wilson uh, in order to shadow him and, and make sure that they're uh, tackling him on, on the first try and not having any missed tackles. If you miss tackles against Todd Gurley, uh, your defense is going to be in trouble all game long. So uh, they need to do a really good job of, of tackling this week, don't allow those extra yards, uh, and hopefully – uh, come Sunday night that this defense can somewhat hold this offense in check. I, they're still going to be able to move the ball really well uh, and, and score points. That, that's what the Rams do. Uh, they are one of the best teams over the last uh, three years under Sean McVay in, in terms of scoring points uh, in the NFL. So they're going to score points. It's just a matter of uh, can you stop them in crucial situations and – are you going to be able to put up enough points uh, on your own side of football, on the offensive side? All right. Um, let's move on to the, the offensive game plan here. Um, what do the Browns need to do offensively in order to uh, put up enough points, uh, like I mentioned, because the, the Rams offense is going to be able to do that. What do the Browns have to do offensively uh, to kind of match that and control this game? Well, I think it starts obviously with, you know, we've talked about it, and obviously the coaches have talked about it well. When it comes down to the offensive game plan, it all revolves around getting the ball out quicker for Baker. Um, and, you know, whether that's schematically and whether that's up to Baker, 
you need him to get the ball out quick, especially against the Rams' uh, defensive front. You know, not just Aaron Donald, but they got Michael Brockers, Dante Fowler. You know, they have Littleton and Clay Matthews who can come off the edge and blitz. Uh, they have so many weapons up there on the defensive front, and they're going to cause havoc for Baker. They're going to force him to scramble. The one thing is Baker needs to get that ball out quick, and I think that has to start with the game plan. And, you know, Todd Munkin and Freddie Kitchens need to get that going, whether that's incorporating some RPOs, some quick slants, just anything that Baker can do to – get the ball out to Odell or Landry or hopefully Higgins is back and whoever the tight ends are even getting Chubb out of the backfield and letting him get involved in the passing game. Just do whatever it takes to get the ball out and not run these complicated running routes for the receivers. Like do simple stuff, do stuff that the Rams really aren't expecting and, you know, just get the ball quick down the field and, you know, create some rhythm offensively. I think that's the biggest thing is that there hasn't been a sustained rhythm on the offensive side of the ball. And I think that's why it's looked so sluggish the first couple of weeks. Yeah. You know, we, we've talked about how, you know, we've mentioned, we've seen the play clock, you know, ticking down to three, two and one seconds uh, on many of their plays. And, you know, that just allows the defense to tee off and you, you're not going to be able to let this Rams defense tee off on you. Uh, in terms of getting their pass rush off uh, when the play clock is running down. Uh, I, I think what the Browns really need to do is incorporate the, the play action a lot more. You know, the Rams are, are one of the highest uh, percentage of play action teams uh, in, in the NFL, and I think that's where the Browns need to go. So, you know, what that does for the Browns, it allows them to create a rhythm, uh, but they need to get the, the running game involved, and, and I, I think that's extremely important. They need to get Nick Chubb involved more. They need to run him more, and that will allow uh, the offense to uh, keep the defense honest when running play action. And I think that uh, Baker in play action uh, with the speed that they have at wide receiver um, will allow this team to uh, keep that defense honest and uh, expose the defense in, in certain areas and, and allow them to create a rhythm that they really need. Um, you know, those short little run pass options uh, are, are needed as well. Just anything to create a, a good flow in the offense. And, you know, that's what they haven't had. Anything the Browns and Freddie Kitchens and Todd Munkin can do to create flow in this offense this week is what they really need. And, uh, they're going to have to play, uh, I think, a little bit of ball control uh, in this game uh, in terms of keeping the football away from the Rams. So what you're going to need to do is every possession that you have, you have to uh, you know, borderline at least get a field goal, let alone you know, obviously getting touchdowns as well. But they're, they're going to have to score points almost uh, on every drive this week just to be able to try and keep up with the Rams who – uh, obviously have more firepower than they do and uh, are not as depleted on defense. Absolutely. If they can keep that Rams offense off the field as much as possible, then it's going to put us in a situation to win. But, you know, if they run these drives where Baker's is taking consistent shots down the field, then that's going to result in more three and outs. That's going to result in more of punting of the ball. And then that's just going to give the Rams more opportunities to go put, touchdowns on the board and 
that's not how you're going to win. That's not how you're going to beat this team. Look at what New England did. Prime example in the Super Bowl. You know, they play, They had two weeks to prepare for that, and what did they do? They ran it down the Rams' throat and kept that offense off the field as much as possible, and that's what the Browns essentially have to do on Sunday night if they want to have a shot to win. Yeah. Uh, they, they need to create a flow. They need to uh, play ball control. And uh, the, the last thing that they need to do, uh, whenever you're going up against the Rams, they have the best player in the NFL, and that's Aaron Donald. Um, you know, the interior of the offensive line has played very well uh, through the first two games, uh, Treader, Betonio, and Cush. But uh, going up against Aaron Donald is, is a different task. And, and you spoke, uh, you saw Betonio spoke uh, earlier this week on Aaron Donald and, and what he brings to the game. And uh, Betonio said that a lot of linemen uh, kind of react to his first move. You just have to be patient with him and, and let him come to you instead of reacting to him. Uh, that's when he uh, he can really get to you. So um, the Browns O-line, uh, the interior there needs to be patient, and hopefully they can try to contain uh, Aaron Donald. It's not an easy task. You're not going to be able to contain him 100% of the time. But uh, if you can contain him 90% of the time, I would consider that a, a win for the offensive line. Absolutely. And the Browns so far through two weeks have had the number one pass blocking team in the NFL, you know, and you obviously know that Donald is one of the best pass rushers, especially at a defensive tackle position where you don't find too many pass rushers. You know, when it comes to those passing downs, the Browns are going to have to double team Aaron Donald. You know, you can let, you know, Clay Matthews have his shot. You can let, you know, Fowler have his shot. And as long as Baker gets the ball quickly, it should be fine. But you need to do all you can to stop number 99 because we talked about it earlier this week when we were going through the numbers. He is so dominant when it comes to getting after the quarterback. And we could not afford letting Baker take a shot from him because, unfortunately, it could spell disaster, much like it did for Drew Brees. All right, Jack, uh, when you weigh everything into uh, account of what we talked about with the injuries and um, trying to contain Aaron Donald and, and among the other topics, who wins this game and why? Well, first of all, I think, you know, the atmosphere Sunday night is going to be electric. You know, it's the first Sunday night game for the Browns since 2008. You got Clay Matthews Jr. going into the ring of honor. You know, his family's going to be there. His son's going to be there. Obviously, he's playing for the Rams. Um, you know, the atmosphere is going to be electric. Um, you know, but with all these injuries, and it feels like the Browns' backs are against the wall. It seems like a game the Browns are going to lose. And I do think they're going to lose, but I do think there's going to be fighting this team. I don't see them, you know, bowing down to the Rams and letting them walk all over them. Um, I expect Baker to rally the troops in this situation despite the injuries. I expect the Browns to compete hard. I just don't think that since they're not 100%, they're not going to be able to stop the Rams completely. Um, I say the Rams win 31-21, to 21, and it's just a matter of the Rams are stronger at this point. Not saying that the Browns are a bad team, and but I just think right now we don't have enough uh, as far as our troops go to be able to go up to war with the Rams as it stands now. So I say Rams 31-21. Yeah, I'm with you too. I think the Rams are going to win this one. I only have it by a field goal, 27-24. Um, I think this game is going to be close, and uh, the crowd is going to 
play a, a large part in this. Uh, what what I wanted to ask you about the prediction is if the Browns do lose this one, do you almost give them a, a, a mulligan this week based on how many injuries that they have early on in the season uh, against an opponent like this? Uh, yeah, just because, I mean, when a third of the roster is on the injury report, I mean, it's kind of, you have to give them a mulligan for that. Um, I mean, obviously, if we were fully healthy, I would expect this to be a closer game, and I would actually expect the Browns to have a real shot at winning this game. It's just with the injuries that I would, it's it's tough to say that they have a shot to win, but who knows? You know, we make predictions, and sometimes they're wrong, so obviously week one's prime example, but uh, yeah, we'll give them a mulligan for that and then move on to the next one. Yeah, let's hope we're as wrong uh, uh, about this one as we were uh, week one against the Titans. I, I would absolutely love to be wrong this week. Um, hopefully that's the case. All right, uh, we are in week three of our Pick'em Challenge, and I am winning by a total of four points right now. Uh, I have a 22-10 and 10 record. Jack has a 20-12 and 12 record. Uh, but with the, the various different tiebreakers that we have, I, I'm only up by four uh, at this point. Jack, who do you have as your lock of the week this week to hopefully get you an additional five points? I'm going with New England uh, over the Jets as my lock of the week. You know, even though they've had to deal with the Antonio Brown saga over the last couple of weeks, um, I just see this team continuing to roll, um, especially against the Jets team that doesn't have Sam Darnold. Uh, you know, they still have Edelman. They still have Josh Gordon. They still have their strong running backs. And, of course, they still have Tom Brady. And their defense has been playing well. So we'll go Patriots as my lock of the week. Uh, for me, I have uh, Dallas. Uh, they are playing close to Miami Dolphins. Uh, Josh Rosen is going to be starting for the Dolphins this week. But that's not going to make any difference uh, for a team that uh, is on pace to be outscored by – I think it's like 500, 600 points. They're already at like minus 92. So uh, they're definitely on pace to set some records uh, this year and not good records. Uh, uh, well, I'm just going to say that they're going to give Hugh Jackson a, a shot uh, for their money uh, this this year. So uh, it's, there's a very good chance the Dolphins don't win a game. And I think as we go through this um, – uh, a lot of our locks of the week are, are going to probably revolve around uh, whoever's playing the Miami Dolphins at this point. Yeah, I've noticed that's the trend. Either I pick the Dol- whoever's playing the Dolphins or you have, or we pick the Patriots because clearly they've been the powerhouse of the league so far as well. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, you know, the Patriots are, are by far, I, I think, the, the best team in the NFL right now. and. Uh, eliminating a, a distraction like Antonio Brown, uh, you know, might might just uh, help them out even a little bit more. All right, Jack. Uh, as we get on out of here, what uh, did I forget anything? And if not, go ahead and plug what you got going on. As always, follow me on Twitter at jmccurrycle and like, share, and subscribe. And go give us a five star review of this podcast on Apple Podcasts. We'd appreciate it. Yes, do what Jack said uh, for once. Do do what he said. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Anthony Jokey, Jokey. You can follow the podcast on Twitter and on Facebook uh, at 1085 Gridiron. Uh, Jack already told you to subscribe and review it. 
but you can find our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Google Play. Uh, with all that, we're going to get on out of here. Hopefully, uh, the Browns bring us a win on Sunday night and prove me and Jack wrong. Uh, we'll be glad to be wrong uh, on that one. And most importantly, go Browns. Leftovers. Or... The DMV. Number 97. Or... House cleaning. Or... Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.